Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Welcome, everyone, to Future Tech Podcast. This is Chris Samsler. I'm here today with Simon Cocking, Chief Editor of Irish Tech News, and one of his current projects is Exmo. Welcome, Simon. Thanks very much for having me. Tell us a bit more about uh, your current project with Exmo and your involvement with that. Sure. Um, Exmo are uh, an up-and-coming currency exchange based out of the UK and Russia, and they they um I guess they've had an interesting scenario. They've been going for a while, but from last year through to January this year, they've gone from 400,000 to a million users. Um, so they're seeing, as we are, I guess, globally, a big rise in the people's interest in trading in cryptocurrencies. Excellent. What do you think has been the major factor in seeing that incredible rise? Um, look, I mean, I think, I think Bitcoin was an interesting proof of concept 10 years ago. And obviously, the technology that underpinned that was blockchain. Then about two years to 18 months ago, we were seeing a lot of work on use cases and possible scenarios. And now we're at the point of fruition where people have actually developed working business models that use blockchain to achieve things in terms of micropayments and transfer of value that we couldn't do to the level of detail that we can now. Now that that's in place, uh, this whole ICO boom is a reflection of a new way of crowdfunding. That means that if you have a good enough idea with a good team and a good white paper, you can raise funding in a way that previously the banks probably would say it's too risky and wouldn't fund you. And I think that's why we're seeing an explosion in uh, blockchain-related technologies, of which cryptocurrencies is perhaps the most visible manifestation, but actually is only the tip of the iceberg. With that tip of the iceberg, what do you think is going to make Exmo stand out from the other exchanges? There, there are a lot out there. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, I, I, think, I think the exchanges that can scale and build the fastest can deal with the capacity, deal with the tickets, and give... a, a Get, I guess give a, have a good UX user experience and then a good management of issues. These are the things that will enable one currency to to get to differentiate and get ahead of another one. Uh, Exmo are managed, as I said, to they've over doubled their usage. But he, this then brings growth problems, and I guess it's it's an ongoing thing. You don't just stop and stand still because if you do, another exchange is going to come up faster than you. So we're we're in a period of kind of hyper growth, you know, where the ones that are doing well are doing well, but, but they're working flat out at the moment. And Exmo are at the head of that wave, but there's a few doing it. Like it's, it's, it's a big area and there's a lot happening. What do you see is um, with a lot happening in the area, what do you see with your, with uh, Exmo being specifically hedged to, to maybe outpace some of those other exchanges? Um, 
Yeah, look, I, I, I think I think the ones that communicate and uh, work to find out what the customer's needs are and also their issue, issues and challenges and that you're responsive and you respond fast. Uh, we're in an interesting time where, I mean, if you're in a Telegram group and often if someone doesn't reply within five minutes, then people 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 get kind of cranky. So the, the expectations have, have, have risen. And at the same time, those 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 organizations that have an active admin, have a fast response, will be the ones that can keep customers happy and keep things moving. And then conversely, the ones that where payments get lost and things don't work, you know, you get a bad reputation very quickly. So it's one of those things, I think, like Warren Buffett said, where you can take a long time to build up a reputation and it can be very quick to destroy it. So I think you have to be proactive in dealing with problems and communicating to let people know that you are on it and it's just just a growth issue. And you mentioned earlier that Exmo is an exchange in the UK and Russia. So that communication time, especially between those two parties, seems like it has to be lightning quick. So yeah. with, go ahead. Sure, yeah. No, well, I guess, look, I mean, here we are and, you know, you're, you're on central time and, and we're over here on GMT. So look, it, it, it stretches the day and, 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 and those that manage this effectively almost are having their teams on time zone relays so that you have the people that are dealing with when Eastern Europe gets up, Central Europe, Western Europe, and then we roll into the US. And as you guys know, I mean, you have, you know, a wide range of time zones from East Coast to West Coast. So I think to do this well, you need to be thinking about where's our market, where's our biggest source of traffic, and do we have, do we match our resources so we have people awake and alert to deal with the, the need when the, when, the, when the requests come in. And I mean, that's tough because that's pushing us all to, you know, 12, 15 hour days. But hopefully, you know, it's managed intelligently and, and you maybe are team tagging and have people to cover those overlaps in time zones. Makes a lot of sense, especially for that, um, not only for the people becoming more interested in the landscape, but also with how widespread that is. So that's an incredibly important factor to have the two splits in the teams like that. So yeah. tell us about tell us about problems maybe you've encountered along the way or you've seen along the way with Exmo and how maybe perhaps one of those problems has been overcome more recently. Yeah, look, I mean, I think I think it's the one about scaling because um, you know since since I became involved, um, like I'm I'm quite active on Twitter, so so people know that maybe if they're not getting a response through one social medium, via email or bit somewhere else, that they'll go through and they'll kind of look to see where where the team are active and try and communicate with them there. So you know. Uh, once this happened, then I, I I spoke with the Exmo guys to say, look, you know, there's a certain number of common issues that are going to occur. So let's let's find a way to actively deal with this. And also a thing like a fact, frequently asked questions, is a very powerful tool because the reality is, is maybe 80% of the problems that people encounter are the same problems. You know, like you get edge cases and unusual stuff, but most of the issues, and again, I can see this in the Telegram groups, it's mostly the same issues. Did I, did I get my address right? Uh, why hasn't my transaction been processed? So as you know, more or less, you can predict what most of the issues are going to be before they happen to a particular individual. That should enable you when you plan well to have a series of responses lined up. So I think it's that thing about um, planning and strategizing bumps in the road that you know are going to happen. And some of it, you know, even though you know what you want to do to do it as well as possible, um, we're still at an early evolving stage. I mean, we already, you know, we we already have the thing where um, you know, we've all seen that there are locks in currency sometimes when sometimes you want to sell and you can't sell. This is in general. 
because there's a sudden weight on the market or say with Ethereum when all the crypto kitties were going crazy uh, about a month ago and it, and it just dragged down the whole network. So, you know, for, for wider issues, I mean, I guess crypto kitties are the equivalent of YouTube cat videos. And yet these things, you know, even though it sounds <laughs> you know, can still slow down the, the attempts for other people to do transactions. And, and, and on one hand, this is an illustration of the pros and cons of net neutrality that, you know, all data in packages is treated equally, which on one hand is great and makes sense, unless it's cat videos swamping your attempt to do other things. So I guess what I'm saying is, is plan for these things, know that you can mitigate some of it. And for other things, just be quick to communicate. If, if it's a crypto kitty crazy day to say, look, we're trying to work, deal with this, but you know, there's a new rare, there's a new rare crypto kitty and it's just dragging down the whole process. Understood. So speaking of planning and strategizing, you mentioned that. What in your editorial work for tech news, what trends are you seeing right now that um, our listeners should be looking for in the near future? Yeah. Okay. So so I I work with Irish Tech News and Crypto Coin News and the interesting thing that's happening is is almost on a daily basis we're seeing announcements from different governments. US, Russia, Japan, China, you name it, uh, where they're attempting to bring in regulations and to codify what's going on. And on one hand, you know, this may see the, seem the antithesis of cryptocurrency and distributed um, ways of working. Actually, this is helping to filter out the, the sketchier and more scam-like ICOs, because many ICOs are being proactive and bringing in KYC and AML. So that's know your customer and anti-money laundering. And this isn't yet a requisite for all ICOs. But if you see an ICO that does that and also maybe has address verification by Clearify, what it's doing is, is they're showing you that they value your money and that they want to demonstrate to you that they're not a scam. And therefore, what, I, what I'm seeing is it's less of a Wild West of 2017 and more of a structured way to filter out the people who are just in it for a quick buck. Uh, so I think overall, this is a good thing because, I mean, overall, you know, every time you hear the scam, one where maybe 200 million and the people absconded with it that's bad for the whole industry whereas the other ones that are showing that they're legitimate and they've taken steps to to validate it that that brings trust into the whole area and also we're really at a very small point in the market whereas institutional money once things become de-risked will bring more money in because the returns are higher in this area than others but they're not going to start investing pension-based money or you know more traditional money until it's de-risked so in this way the trend is we're moving towards more structure, which on one hand makes sense. It's a bit like the early days of the internet, and now we're moving to more a more regulated area. But overall, this is a good thing. Excellent. So with the with the growth of uh, cryptocurrency in 2017, that wild west kind of aspect to 2018, how would you compare those two rates? You know, 2017 growth compared to what we're going to see in 2018. Yeah, look, as I mean, the regulations come in. So look, I think the volatility of before is always the sign of, of a new and slightly uneven and unpredictable scenario. Uh, as, as Bitcoin's total market cap falls as a percentage of the total market, this, this means that at the moment, if Bitcoin goes up or goes down, it tends to drag down the value of the other altcoins, which, you know, bit, you could mainstream media tends to report and you can play uh, Bitcoin bingo in terms of keywords in articles, uh, tulips, volatility, bubbles and stuff. But what we're seeing now is of the top 10 or top 20 cryptocurrencies, all of which have generally on average performed significantly better than Bitcoin. Most of those other altcoins are all performing a specific need for a specific. It could be a gaming coin. It could be a payment in value for a developer. Ethereum is a, a platform with Ether. These are all actually useful niche needs. So 
what we're going to see is is that we'll see more differentiation, and I think that will bring a bit more stability. Uh, and then another one is so uh, Jimmy Song had an interesting quote that if you're looking to increase your value of Bitcoin in 12 months, it might be a good investment. But if you're looking to invest in Bitcoin now because you might want it to go up in three to six months, who knows where it's going to be at? It's because Bitcoin is still going to zigzag up and down. Whereas some of the other coins that have identified a problem, have solved a problem, and are fixing it will move more steadily because it's it's a real idea and a real product. Whereas Bitcoin, people are investing because there's a fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. Yeah, that's very common in our society now. <laughs> yeah. tell, can you tell us uh, more about, you've seen a lot over the last, uh, your involvement. I believe you've been involved for 20 years or, or more in, in tech and the industry. Um, can you tell us more about like maybe from something you've seen from the beginning that you didn't expect to change so drastically up to this point? Um, yeah, look, so when we were discussing about how uh, Don Tapscott and Alex Tapscott wrote a, a book, a good book called Blockchain Revolution, which was sketching out use cases. And this came out in 2015, approximately. And a lot of it was great, exciting, but perhaps slightly theoretical. So so here we are. We're only just in 2018, but already by the end of last year, what was happening is, is that the technology maybe has caught up with the, with the idea. And so we can now do uh, micro transactions. And so uh, one of them, Clearpoll, can, can do uh, elections or voting in, in a way that can't be tampered because this is the value of uh, the blockchain. And from that, it means that we can do interesting things that we couldn't do before. And I guess, you know, it's that thing where we maybe um, we, 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 we underestimate how far we can go in 10 years and we uh, overestimate how far we'll get in a year. So we don't have flying cars yet, you know, because, you know, in theory, if you look at the Jetsons, when are our flying cars? But on the other hand, we could reach a point very quickly where we have a cashless society because as we move through the day with the Internet of Things and with blockchain based technology, um, we we can do what we want to do based upon the value, the credits. You know, in Star Trek, there's no money. It's the same idea that we can move around seamlessly. And that's much closer than we think. I just went to so we're based in Ireland. I just went to London for three days last week for the London Blockchain Week. I didn't use any English money while I was there at all need to and that way i didn't have to get cash out and i think that's becoming people's experience more and more and and as we do that with cash we're going to begin to see this with other things as well because it's just about value uh rather than physically having to find the money in our pocket to pay for things so it's it's an interesting time and i guess to answer your question th this is moving faster than people realize and what do you recommend for people to do to keep up with that fast yeah, faster than obvious trend yeah, so so it's a great question, and I guess obviously the publications that we do, but also you know I I read I read good stuff by good people. So if things are interesting, uh, what I often find a, a good way is, is there are some great lists of people to follow on Twitter. So that what's happened now is is that people are more accessible for sharing their ideas, and therefore then it gives you a, a micro thumbnail to keep up with what's happening. And then if you look at ICOs and if people are looking at what to invest in, I think it's always better. To, to be involved in things that you actually have a background or a knowledge of, because then yourself, you can filter the noise from the hype and see what is an exciting idea that has reached its time and what is maybe still a Jetsons flying car. So, you know, I, like, and also YouTube is a fantastic resource, even if you're at the level of how do I create a crypto wallet and how do I trade, you know? So I think depending on your level of knowledge, um, there's, there's a great wealth of resources out there to help you at the level you're at. And then people are, approachable i mean the people i've been quoting i've reached out to them they've replied we've done interviews with them so people are willing to share their 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 knowledge and their time
Can you recommend a, p- a few of those people on Twitter or maybe YouTube that um, we should be looking to get answers from? Yeah, like I mean, so 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 on the UK, US coast side of things, I find uh, Don Tapscott, Alex Tapscott, they have the Blockchain Research Institute. So that's very much looking at what is possible at a technology level and trying to road test what can be tokenized. Then you have John McAfee, who is a he's a bit like Zelig. He he was at NASA in the 60s. He was uh, at Xerox Park in the 70s. And then he did McAfee Anti Software. Now he's a big investor and advocate of cryptocurrencies. Um, you'll have a roller coaster ride with him. He, he he every day he talks about a different coin to look at, but he's definitely thoughtful and he thinks about it. So those are two people that I definitely enjoy seeing. And then over on this side of the water, we have a, a guy Thomas Power who you'll find on Twitter who does a lovely digest of interesting things that he's found. So this is very much the people who are the influences are also curating and sharing knowledge too. And I think that 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 that, that makes us all smarter and it brings the level up. So I mean those are three. And then also. Um, we'll keep looking to see who's out there. And if they're interesting, then we'll try and interview them to tease out how do they assess value? How do they see, how do they make their decisions? Excellent. Can you tell us um, tell us more about, you're, you're going to be speaking at the Bitcoin Super Conference in Dallas coming up. Tell us uh, maybe more, give us a little preview of what you may be talking about. Yeah, look, so I'm on a panel and uh, panels can be quite nice because then you get to kind of, bounce off the other speakers you also get to discuss the latest trends i mean that's in about two weeks from now so i guess some of the things that we touched on today i mean another thing that i definitely want to talk about is to try and it makes things more complicated but but i try not to just write about bitcoin price up bitcoin price down uh, there's a lot more interesting technologies out there of which all coins and cryptocurrencies are only the tip of the iceberg so you know, I very much want to, and also even blockchain itself has gone through several iterations since Bitcoin, and there are new, more interesting things possibly that could even surpass blockchain. So I guess when I come over to talk, I want to kind of talk about the wider thing. Also, I mean, there's some that we featured recently that are looking to use blockchain for social good, and that's very interesting. So uh, I don't want to be someone who's just drunk the Kool-Aid, but I do feel the glass is half full, and there is some very interesting potential for blockchain to... um deliver on projects at a micro level we couldn't do before. And also another thing is uh, I've been speaking in several countries that were very interesting, but also maybe slightly top down, but are very proactive on blockchain. And the thing is, is I think we may have unintended consequences of looking to move to more blockchain based method of dealing with our data and information, because it may bring more transparency than people actually realize. And it may make, it may make people more accountable to, to what they actually said, because it's on the blockchain and it can't be manipulated. So these are things that I kind of would like to talk about just to push the envelope and look at the bigger picture and get get beyond the conversation that's just about prices of uh, altcoins and Bitcoin. That's great. Really enjoyed your comments today. And any final thoughts before we wrap, Simon? Yeah, look, I mean, I guess one of the reasons I was very happy to come to the Texas event is because several of these people that you have speaking uh, have a relationship with digitally, but I've never met in person. And so while you can do a lot digitally, Putting everybody in the same room, I think, is also a fantastic thing as well, because some conversations just get progressed so much faster in real time than, you know, by by email or messaging. You know, so uh, I think this shows that there's still a value in having events like your event to bring everybody together. And hopefully from these things that we're talking about, we might see some new ideas and push the envelope out even more. Excellent. Yeah. Putting the face with the, the online personality or, you know, with the numbers. 
definitely a way to to make it more of a human experience. Where can people get a hold of you, Simon, to find out more about you or collaborate with you? Sure. So um, Twitter is at Simon Cocking and LinkedIn is Simon Cocking. And to be honest, uh, LinkedIn seems to be the way that most people are reaching out to me at the moment. And that's great. Happy for people to drop me a message. Uh, And I look forward to hearing from anybody that wants to ask me a question or drop me a line. Excellent. Thanks for joining us today, Simon. Uh, Simon Cocking, advisor with Exmo, chief editor of Irish Tech News, and ranked number one on global list of people of blockchain. Thank you so much again, Simon. Thank you very much. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.